Similitude 1 through 5 of Shepherd of Hermas by Hermas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Similitudes. First Similitude. He said to me, Ye know, ye who are God's servant, that ye are dwelling in a strange land, for your city is far off from the city. If then ye know your city in which ye are to dwell, why prepare ye here fields and costly arrays, and buildings and vain habitations? He who prepareth of these things for this city thinketh not of returning to his own city. O foolish and double-minded and wretched man, considerest thou not that all these things are alien and under the power of another? For the Lord of this city shall say, I will not that thou shouldest dwell in my city. Depart from the city, because thou observest not my laws. Thou then, having fields and dwellings and many other possessions, when thou art banished by him, what wilt thou do with thy land and thine house and all the rest which thou hast prepared for thyself? For rightly saith the Lord of this country unto thee, Either use my laws, or get thee out of my country. Thou then, what wilt thou do, seeing thou hast a law in thine own city? For the sake of thy fields and other substance, wilt thou utterly deny thy law, and walk by the law of this city? See if it is not unprofitable for thee to deny thy law. For if thou then desire to return to thy city, thou shalt surely not be received because thou hast denied the law of thy city, but shalt be shut out from it. Take heed, therefore, and, as one that dwelleth in a strange land, provide no more for thyself than the competency which sufficeth thee, and be ready, whensoever the master of this city shall choose to cast thee out for resisting his law, to leave his city and depart to thy city, and use thine own law, not as suffering wrong, but rejoicing. Take heed, ye that serve God, and have him in your heart. Work the works of God, remembering his commandments and the promises which he promised, and believe that he will perform them if his commandments be kept. Instead of fields, therefore, purchase souls that are afflicted, according as each one is able, and visit widows and orphans and neglect them not. On such fields and houses freely spend your wealth and all your ray which ye have received from God. For thereunto did the Master enrich you, that you might fulfill these ministrations unto him. Far better is it to buy such lands and possessions and houses as thou shalt find in thy city when thou goest home to it. This expensefulness is pleasant and fair, and bringeth not sorrow nor fear, but joy. Practice not, then, the expensefulness of the heathen, for it is inexpedient for you that are God's servants. But practice your proper expensefulness, wherein ye may rejoice, and counterfeit not, neither touch that which is another man's, nor desire it. For it is an evil thing to desire the goods of others. But do thine own work, and thou shalt be saved. Second Similitude As I was walking into the country, and looking at an elm and a vine, 
and discerning between them and between their fruits, the shepherd was manifested unto me, and said, What questionest thou within thyself? I am considering, sir, quoth I, about the elm and the vine, how that they are most goodly for one another. These two trees, quoth he, are set for a figure to the servants of God. I would know, sir, quoth I, the figure of these trees whereof thou speakest. Seest thou, quoth he, the elm and the vine? I see them, sir, quoth I. This vine, quoth he, beareth fruit, but the elm is an unfruitful tree. Yet the vine, except to climb up the elm, cannot bear much fruit, because it is cast upon the ground, and what fruit it beareth is decayed, if it hang not upon the elm. But when the vine is spread upon the elm, it beareth fruit, both of itself and from the elm. Thou seest then that the elm likewise yieldeth much fruit, not less than the vine, but rather more. How more, sir, quoth I? Because, quoth he, the vine hanging upon the elm yieldeth much and good fruit, but when it is spread upon the ground, what it beareth is corrupt and scant. This parable concerneth the servants of God, to wit, the rich and the poor. How, sir, quoth I, acquaint me. Hearken, quoth he, the rich hath much wealth, but in things concerning the Lord he is poor, because he is distraught about his riches, and he hath very little of confession and intercession with the Lord and what he hath is small and faint and without power above. When, therefore, the rich ascendeth upon the poor and supplieth his needs, believing that for what he doeth, for the poor he shall be able to find his reward with God, because the poor is rich in intercession, and his intercession hath great power with God. Then the rich bountifully supplieth the poor with all things nothing doubting. And the poor, being provided for by the rich, intercedeth for him, thanking God for him that give to him. And he becometh yet more diligent about the poor, that he may be without fail in his life. For he knoweth that the intercession of the poor is acceptable and rich unto God. Both then fulfill their work. The poor maketh the intercession, wherein he is rich which he received from the Lord. With this he repayeth him that provideth for him, and the rich in like manner supplieth to the poor, nothing doubting the wealth which he received from the Lord. And this that he doeth is a great work and acceptable to God, because he understood about his wealth, and did something for the poor out of the Lord's gifts, and rightly accomplished his service to the Lord. In the sight of men the elm seemeth not to bear fruit, and they know not, neither consider that, if there come a drought, the elm having water nourisheth the vine, and the vine having continual moisture yieldeth double increase, for itself and for the elm. Thus also the poor by interceding with the Lord, for the rich fulfill their wealth, and again the rich by supplying the needs of the poor satisfy their souls. So then, both become partners in the righteous work. Whoso doeth these things shall not be forsaken of God, but shall be inscribed in the books of the living. Blessed are they that have and understand, 
and they that are enriched by the Lord. For he that understandeth this shall be able to do some service. Third similitude. He showeth me many trees, which had no leaves, but seemed to me as if they were dry, for they were all alike. And he said to me, Seest thou these trees? I see them, sir, quoth I, looking alike and withered. He answered and said to me, These trees which thou seest are they that dwell in this world. Wherefore then, sir, quoth I, are they as if dried up and alike? Because, quoth he, neither the righteous nor the sinners appear in this world, but they are alike, for this world is winter to the righteous, and they appear not while they dwell with the sinners. For as in the winter the trees, when they have cast their leaves, are alike, and neither the dry nor the living are seen to be what they are, so in this world neither the righteous nor the sinners appear, but they are all alike. Fourth similitude. Again, he showed me many trees, some shooting and some dried up. And he said to me, Seest thou these trees? I see them, sir, quoth I, some putting forth leaves and some withered. These trees, quoth he, which are spreading are the righteous, which shall dwell in the world to come. For the world to come is summer to the righteous, but winter to sinners. When therefore the mercy of the Lord shall shine forth, then shall they who serve God be manifested, and all shall be manifested. For as in summer the fruits of the several trees are manifested, and it is known of what kind they are, so also shall the fruits of the righteous be manifest. And all of them shall be known when they are blossoming in that world. But as thou sawest the dry trees, so the heathen and the sinners shall be found dry and unfruitful in that world, and they shall be burned like logs, and shall be manifest, because their doing in their lifetime was evil. The sinners shall be burned because they sinned and repented not, and the heathen shall be burned because they knew not him who created them. Do thou therefore bear fruit, that in that summer thy fruit may be known. Refrain from excess of business, and thou shalt commit no sin. For they who are busied overmuch also sin much, being cumbered by their affairs, and not serving their own Lord. However, quoth he, can such an one ask and receive anything from the Lord, when he doth not serve the Lord? They who serve him are they that shall receive their requests, and they who serve not the Lord shall receive nothing. But if any man be employed about one matter, he can also serve the Lord. For his mind will not be corrupted away from the Lord, but he will serve him with a pure mind. So then, if thou do these things, thou shalt be able to bear fruit unto the world to come, and whoso doeth these things shall bear fruit. Fifth Similitude Chapter 1 as I fasted and sat upon a certain mountain, and was thanking the Lord for all the things he had wrought with me, I saw the shepherd sitting by me, and saying, Why art thou come hither thus early? Because, sir, quoth I, I am keeping a station. What, quoth he, is a station? I am fasting, sir, quoth I. 
What fast, quoth he, is this that ye fast? As I was wont, sir, quoth I, thus I fast. Ye know not, quoth he, how to fast unto the Lord, neither is this your unprofitable fasting unto him a fast. Wherefore, sir, quoth I, sayest thou this? I tell thee, quoth he, that this is not a fast which ye think ye a fast, but I will teach thee what is a full fast and one acceptable unto the Lord. Hearken, quoth he, God desireth not such vain fasting, for by fasting thus unto God thou shalt do nothing for righteousness, but fast thou such a fast as this unto God. Do no wickedness in thy life, and serve the Lord with a pure heart. Keep his precepts, and walk in his ordinances, and let no evil lust arise in thy heart, but believe in God. If thou do these things, and fear him, and contain thyself from every evil deed, thou shalt live unto God. And these great things, if thou do, thou shalt accomplish a great fast, and one acceptable to God. Chapter 2. Hear the parable which I will tell thee pertaining to fasting. A certain man had a field and many slaves, and he planted part of the field as a vineyard. And having made choice of a faithful and well-pleasing honored slave, he called him unto him, and said to him, Take this vineyard which I have planted, and stake it by then I come, and do nothing else to the vineyard. Keep this my commandment, and thou shalt be a free man in my house. And the master of the slave went abroad. And when he was gone away, the slave took and staked the vineyard. And when he had made an end of staking the vineyard, he saw that it was full of weeds. So he reasoned within himself, saying, This commandment of the Lord I have fulfilled. I will go on now and dig this vineyard, and it shall be comelier when it is digged, and having no weeds it shall bear more fruit, not being choked by the weeds. And he took and digged the vineyard, and plucked out all the weeds that were in it, and that vineyard became very trim and flourishing, not having weeds choking it. After a time, the master of the slave and of the field came and entered into the vineyard, and seeing it staked trimly, and also digged, and all the weeds plucked out, and the vines flourishing, he rejoiced greatly at the works of the slave. So he called to him his beloved son, who was his heir and his friends who were his counselors, and told them what he had commanded his slave, and all that he had found done. And they rejoiced with the slave at the witness which his master bare unto him. And he said to them, I promised the slave liberty if he kept my commandment which I commanded him. And he kept my commandment, and added a good work to the vineyard, and pleased me well. In return, therefore, for this work which he hath done, I am resolved to make him fellow heir with my son, because when he had thought a good thought, he was not negligent, but accomplished it. In this sentence the master's son agreed with him, and the slave should be made fellow heir with the son. A few days afterwards, the master of the house made a supper, and sent him many meats from the supper. And when the slave had received the meats sent to him from the master, he took as much as was sufficient for him, and distributed the rest to his fellow servants. 
And when they received the meats, they rejoiced, and began to pray for him that he might find greater favor with the master, because he had thus dealt with them. All these things that were come to pass, his master heard, and again he rejoiced greatly at his deed. And when the master had called his friends and his son together, he told them what the slave had done with his meats, which he had received. And they were so much the more content that the slave had been made fellow heir with his son. Chapter 3 Sir, said I, I know not these parables, neither can I understand them, except thou explain them to me. I will explain all things unto thee, quoth he, and what things soever I shall speak with thee, I will show thee. Keep the commandments of the Lord, and thou shalt be in favor with God, and shalt be inscribed in the number of them that keep his commandments. And if thou do any good thing beyond God's commandment, thou shalt win for thyself more exceeding glory, and shalt be more honorable with God than thou wouldest have been. If, therefore, while keeping the commandments of God, thou add also these services, thou shalt rejoice, if so be thou observe them according to my commandment. I said to him, Sir, whatsoever thou commandest me, I will keep it, for I know that thou art with me. I will be with thee, quoth he, because thou hast such earnest desire of well-doing, and I will be with all who have the like earnest desire. This fasting, quoth he, when the commandments of the Lord are observed, is exceeding good. Thus then shalt thou keep this fast, which thou art about to observe. First of all, keep thyself from every evil word and every evil desire, and cleanse thy heart from all the vanities of this world. If thou keep these things, this shall be a perfect fast for thee, and thus shalt thou do, when thou hast accomplished the things that are written, in the day when thou fastest, taste nothing but bread and water, and when thou hast told the sum of the day's expense, to which thou wouldst have been put for the meats consumed in it, thou shalt give it to a widow or an orphan or one in need. Thus shalt thou humble thyself, that he who hath received of thy humbleness may satisfy his own soul, and pray for thee to the Lord. If thou dost accomplish the fast, as I have enjoined thee, thy sacrifice shall be accepted of God, and this fast shall be registered. For the service so performed is good and agreeable, and acceptable unto the Lord. These things thou shalt thus observe with thy children, and all thy house, and if thou observe them, happy shalt thou be, and all such as hear and observe them shall be happy, and whatsoever things they ask of the Lord they shall receive. Chapter 4 I besought him much to declare unto me the parable of the field, and the master of the vineyard, and of the slave who stalked the vineyard, and of the stakes, and of the weeds that were plucked out of the vineyard, and of the son and the friends who were the counselors. For I understood that all these things were a certain parable. And he answered and said to me, Thou art very bold in asking. Thou oughtest not to ask anything at all. For if aught must be declared to thee, it shall be declared. 
I said to him, Sir, whatsoever things thou showest, but doest not declare unto me, in vain shall I have seen them, not understanding what they are. In like manner also, if thou speak parables unto me, but interpret them not, in vain shall I have heard aught from thee. Then again he answered me, saying, Whosoever is a servant of God, and hath his Lord in his heart, he asketh of him understanding, and receiveth it. And he solveth every parable. And known unto him become the words of the Lord, that are spoken by parables. But such as are faint and slow unto prayer, doubt whether to ask of the Lord. Howbeit the Lord is abundant in mercy, and giveth without ceasing to all who ask of him. Thou then, who hast been endued with power by the holy angel, and hast received from him such a gift of prayer, and art not slothful, wherefore dost thou not ask understanding from the Lord, and receive it of him? I said to him, Sir, having thee with me, I must needs ask of thee and question thee, for thou showest me all things, and speakest with me. But if I had seen or heard them without thee, I would have entreated the Lord that they might be declared unto me. Chapter 5 I told thee, even now, quoth he, that thou art knavish and bold in demanding the interpretations of the parables. But since thou art so persistent, I will interpret to thee the parable of the field, and all the accompaniments thereof, that thou mayest make them known to all. Hearken, quoth he, and understand them. The field is this world, and the owner of the field is he who created all things, and ordered and strengthened them. The slave is the son of God, and the vines are his people which he planted. The stakes are the holy angels of the Lord, which hold his people together. The weeds that were plucked out of the vineyard are the iniquities of the servants of God. The meats sent to the slave from the supper are the commandments which he gave to his people through his son. The friends and the counselors are the holy angels which were first created, and the going abroad of the master is the time he remaineth over until his coming. I said to him, Sir, all these things are of great and wondrous and glorious sort. Could I then possibly have understood them? No, nor can any other man, though he were exceedingly prudent, understand them. Yet further, sir, quoth I, declare unto me that which I am about to ask of thee. Say, quoth he, that thou wilt. Wherefore, sir, quoth I, is the Son of God set in the character of a slave in the parable? Chapter 6 Hearken, quoth he, the Son of God is not set in the character of a slave, but in great authority and lordship. How, sir, quoth I, I understand not. Because, quoth he, God planted the vineyard, that is to say, he created the people, and he delivered them to his Son, and the Son gave the angels charge over them, to keep them, and himself purged their sins, when he had labored much and borne many troubles. For none can dig without toil or trouble. Having then himself purged the sins of the people, he showed them the paths of life, giving them the law which he had received from his father. Thou seest, quoth he, that he is lord of the people, having received all authority from his father. 
Hear also how that the Lord took counsel with his son and the holy angels about the inheritance of the slave. The pre-existent Holy Spirit, which created the whole creation, did God make to dwell in flesh which he chose. This flesh, when, wherein the Holy Spirit dwelt, served the Spirit rightly, walking in sanctity and purity, and in no wise defiling the Spirit. When, therefore, it had lived orderly and purely, and labored and wrought with the Spirit in every matter, quitting itself stoutly and valiantly, he chose it for a partner with the Holy Spirit. For the way of this flesh pleased the Lord, because it defiled not itself upon the earth when it had the Holy Spirit. Accordingly, he took the Son and the glorious angels for counselors, that this flesh also, when it had served the Spirit, plainlessly might have some abiding place, and might not seem to have lost the reward of its service. For all flesh found undefiled and spotless, wherein the Holy Spirit hath dwelt, shall receive a reward. Thou hast the interpretation of this parable also. Chapter 7 I was glad, sir, quoth I, to hear this interpretation. Attend now, quoth he, keep this thy flesh pure and undefiled, that the spirit which dwelleth in it may bear witness to it, and thy flesh may be justified. Beware lest thought arise in thy heart, that this thy flesh is to perish, and thou abuse it with any pollution. If thou pollute thy flesh, thou shalt pollute the Holy Spirit also the which, if thou pollute, thou shalt not live. But if, sir, quoth I, there hath been any previous ignorance before these words were heard, how can the man who hath defiled his flesh be saved? Of the former deeds of ignorance, quoth he, it is possible for God alone to give healing, for all power is his. But now guard thyself, and the Almighty Lord, who is abundant in mercy, will grant healing of the former ignorances, if from henceforth thou defile neither thy flesh nor the spirit. For the two are in communion, and they cannot be defiled apart from one another. Keep therefore pure, and thou shalt live unto God. End of Similitude 1-5